Welcome to the No Clue Music Show. Um, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. This is episode two. For those who uh, know that we split up our music and sports shows, um, name's still pending, and uh, we'll let you guys know on the sports show when we come up with a name. Um, we have a lot of albums to get to, a lot of new music, um, good music, fun music. Uh, most recently, we have Summer Walker. Still over it, right? That's the name? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this was, we knew this was coming. I didn't know exactly which week it'll drop, but I knew it was on the way. Yeah, I've been I've been hearing, um, you know, the jokes. Oh, next week, hopefully my man gets it together by next week. Or I need to be single for when summer, you know, those kind of jokes and right. stuff. So I kind of knew it was coming this week, yeah. 20 tracks. It's a lot. It's a, and, it's a long hour and four minutes. I'll start off with that. And it's kind of wild that uh, her ex-boyfriend, who allegedly is the one who's getting all the shots on this album, actually still did produce half the album. So, yeah, that's... call it savage or <clears throat> whatever you want to call it, but he did eight tracks. And she's dissing him on eight tracks, <laughs> on all of those tracks. So that's cool, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest, man. You say the word interesting. <laughs> I just, I this album was so boring to me. Me too. And it really like, it frustrated me because the first time I heard it, you know, technically it's it's well made. Uh, she has a good amount of versatility on it, I would think. Could have been a little more for me, but I, no, I thought it was it. good. I thought it was a slight step back from the last one, but again, it was yeah. it was very small. Mm-hmm. I just had no interest in the stuff she was saying. Mm. Did you last time though? Yeah, a little bit more. Like, okay. obviously, I'm not relating to everything she's talking about. Right. But there's a lot of female artists who I, like, remember lyrically and remember the things they say. Yeah. And there was even a couple tracks on Over It that I went back to and liked certain lines in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't get that here. Yeah, me either. Yeah. It felt... You remember the criticism I had way back when of um, Ariana Grande's album? The, the sex like, one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the most the, recent one. That's what this kind of felt like to me. And, and again, this is my opinion. I couldn't get through this album a second time, I'm going to be honest. Uh-huh. So, Mike, I'm not I'm not trying to deep dive it by any stretch. Yeah. But to me, it, again, this is another example of the, the things you're talking about are very like surface level of what those kinds of things look like. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like I've heard her say a lot of this stuff before. It's a lot of the same themes that she's had on her other in her other music. Mhm. Like I just wanted to be surprised in some way and every song sounded like I expected it to sound. Mhm. Yeah, and, and that was that was my thing that what I sent you uh off air. I felt like I heard the song 
after the first verse. Like, yeah. I was good. Like, the song had no change. You know, it didn't, like, go higher as far as energy as, like, the song went on. You know, like, classic R&B, the first verse is the kind of smooth talk verse. We're going to talk low, uh, very monotone. And then the second verse, I take it up a notch. And then the third verse or bridge, I'm, like, singing over myself. Uh, you know, I'm hitting higher notes and everything. Summer did, like, none of that on here. Yeah. And I'm not saying she has to be conventional r and I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if the song is just, like, if I can break the song in half and the two ends of it are symmetrical as far as energy goes, why am I listening to the second verse? Yeah. And you're not saying anything, like, worth remembering or, or like, meaningful to just even hear. Exactly. She wasn't saying how she actually... Uh, she wasn't saying how she, to me, how she felt about these situations. She was just describing some random situations. It felt like because it didn't even feel like they were really even her situations. In some of these songs, yeah. I didn't feel any personal connection to the lyrics. Just seemed like she wrote it really fast. It doesn't seem like it took as long as it did for this album to come out for her to write this stuff. So. Yeah, man. Again, it's it's tech. It's weird because technically, I think, like production wise, this is a very good album. Yeah. Um, but Shout I just out to didn't... London on the track. Right, but I I just don't <laughs> feel her presence on it like I, I felt with other female artists that I've liked. Right. Um, yeah. And I guess that's kind of the the standard. But it's funny to me, like the features on here were also pretty good. Hmm. But I thought this album lacked R&B presence. It did. Um, Omarion was nice. SZA was nice. Those were kind of the highlights of the album for me. Yeah. Those tracks. And not specifically because of the features. I thought it kind of brought out more, specifically the SZA track, brought out a little bit more energy from Summer. I agree. And the, the chemistry was really great, so it just kind of gave me a sound that, like, at least caught me off guard to some extent. Yeah, and, and the kind of sad thing is SZA does what Summer did on this album better than Summer does it. Right. And that, that kind of is rough when you have that as a feature, because that clearly is, like, the standout. As far as what she was trying to do, she achieved it to the highest level on the SZA record. And... um Another thing I, we were talking about is uh, it's just such a contrast between her really slow songs and her up-tempo songs. Like yeah. it, it's like two different artists. I love her, all her up-tempo songs. I really do. Like, I'm not saying like I'm gonna go back to a lot of them off this album, just because I didn't like the album as a whole. But if she had an upbeat album or EP full of upbeat songs. I probably it would probably be my favorite project from her. I really liked um, X for a Reason, which came out before. I think that was the first single. That has a nice bop to it. The Pharrell song had a nice bop to it. Um, I liked the Ari Lennox song. I mean, it's just I don't know, man. I, I'm not sure if I understand the creative direction. That this album was supposed to take. Yeah, I, you know what else? You know what else lacking. bothered me is what? the intro and outro set up this very cohesive, like 
maybe not cohesive, but this very direct kind of tone for the album. Yeah. And the album is just all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's I never... almost like she should have did that thing. I think some rappers have done it where they have like um, two different themes within the same album. Yeah. Like it, four of the songs did, like if they were in that theme and then they put the outro right after that. And then like after that, we're supposed to be on a new kind of theme of the album. Yeah. But you're right. It did set up something that I didn't feel at all throughout the album. And and I'm worried about her as an artist moving forward because, like, she's not, she doesn't have a thing that's, like, kind of her own, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the, the, the upper tier, especially female artists, like, there's something specific about them that kind of draws you to their music. I There's nothing really with Summer that somebody else doesn't do better. And the crazy thing is, her first album, I thought that she was going to take almost the chicks tape route for women, though. Mm. Like, because she was, she had a bunch of really nice samples on there where she was flipping these old songs. You know, the, um, like the Usher song. Uh, she had another one on there that was a sample, old sample, that she, you know, kind of flipped the old lyrics to it and made it her own. So then I was thinking, man, she's going to, she's, killing that she was really good at that so i was like okay well this album's gonna have more of those flips kind of like like tori does on chicks tape i thought she was good at that she just uh, completely abandoned it on this album yeah i don't know if it was budgeting or what why she did that so like you said man i I just it didn't really hit us kind of like maybe the way she wanted but uh i i think from her like more significant fan base, I think they'll enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. There's there's I, entertaining I, tracks on here for sure. Yeah, there is. There is. There definitely is. Okay, uh, moving on. Let's go to Big Sean. Yeah. Obviously, uh, this is obviously is not bef- in junction with, but slightly before Kanye comes and. Brings a tombstone to his interview to say that Big Sean is the worst signing decision he's ever made in his life. Um, but right before that, Big Sean dropped an EP with Hit Boy. Seems to be his new friend. And it, it is the first project he's dropped off of good music. And um, it was a think, great man? first step. It was. Dude, I'm gonna be honest. I this was Sean getting back to the the Hall of Fame, Dark Sky Paradise rapping to me. I agree. Which was kind of his peak to me as a rapper that I wasn't really sure he would get back to, just because he he wasn't really as active as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Mm, he didn't really pop up as a feature too often. He just kind of was out of music for a little while. He was, yeah. Um, but this, to me, this showed a, a new level of, of focus, of energy. I mean, he was he was flowing on some of the tracks for like a extended period of time. He was, and sounded comfortable yes. the whole time. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it, there was no question. There wasn't any like diving into a genre that maybe you you know you're experimenting with. This this was a rap project. It was. 
and it was it was nice to hear Sean in his comfort zone, man. I, like he hasn't really done stuff like this since, to be honest, his mixtape days. I agree. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think? I, you know, knowing this is his first off of good music, this could explain why Detroit Two was a album full of mid, because we know. <laughs> We know how artists do when they're about to leave their label. It's like the opposite to the NBA contract years. Right. NBA contract years, they go out and they Get, average yeah. the highest they average ever. Out, they go yeah. crazy. But in music, they just put out some nonsense. Just yeah, to say, all right. Just to fill like the contract requirements. Exactly. And <laughs> no offense to Detroit, too, because he seems like he had a lot of emotional <clears throat> connection with that. But the music, I didn't feel it in the music. I didn't feel it in the talent. I thought Big Sean was washed after I heard that. Yeah. But he comes back with this. And man, we cannot understate how much better it is when we know that the artist was in the studio with the producer. Like, you can hear it. Yeah, for sure. Him and Hip Boy sat there and made these beats... They sat there and they constructed these songs together. It's obvious. Because every single one of these felt like Big Sean belonged on all these beats. And the thing is, he he was able to blend so many other styles into this. Into just six songs. Like I, I told you when it first came out, I heard a lot of Drake influences there. Not that he's trying to sound like Drake. It was that he was tapping into that Drake kind of style. Not the, you know, it's two different things. He wasn't trying to be like him, but he was reaching a level that only, it seems like only Drake can do. And now he's showing he can do that too. Yeah, Um, man. I I thought the title was great, honestly, what you expect. Yeah. Uh, Because he's been like a top tier rapper. He's gotten a lot of criticism for... I guess corny lines. Yeah. Which is weird because one of the greatest rappers ever, Lil Wayne, like lives in that pocket. And Kanye isn't you know, he's pretty corny most of the time. Right, as well. right. Drake is another guy who gets criticized for that every time. Yeah. So it, it's weird that Sean is kind of the only one that's gotten almost like a like his his reputation as a rapper took a hit because of those things, right? And this yeah. was a great like if his reputation needed saving, which I don't think it did, but uh, this was a great reminder how great he could be. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um. He just needs to stay away from Metro Boomin, man. <laughs> Yeah, we see what you do with another. <laughs> it's shocking the difference between this and uh, what was it, all or nothing, double or nothing, double or nothing. That yeah, that was like I, I mentioned Summer Walker being boring. Yeah, I mean Summer Walker. I could listen to that all day compared to Double or Nothing. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, <laughs> he had all fire features on Double or Nothing. I know. And it still didn't sound good. And that was peak corniness of his lyrics to me. Because not only were the lyrics corny, the whole hook 
the chorus of these songs are corny. Yeah, it's so repetitive. Yeah. Uh, that that was to me, I think, his the biggest stain on his career. Yeah, it was. Um, and again, like you just you feel the chemistry here is night and day different. Yeah. And he sounded great, man. I this got me re-energized to listen to Big Sean again. To be honest, I completely agree. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Dark Sky Paradise, Hall of Fame, that era, thirteen to fifteen. I mean, he was that was a peak that a lot of rappers wish they could have. You know. Yeah. I told you, me and my friend the other day had an argument about Dark Sky Paradise, and I told him. You know, name me seven albums that have come out since Dark Sky Paradise better. That album is... I mean, for Big Sean, someone of Big Sean's caliber, that's a classic. It's a classic for him. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a classic for Drake, because we know who Drake is. But for Big Sean, not a lot of guys of Big Sean's tier of like selling records make an album that good. Yeah. They just don't. I just think his catalog as a whole gets very underrated. And I I don't have, like, I don't see why, nor can I even picture why people would think like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about a favorite track? Which one did you like the most out of of these? Oh, man. Um, I think I liked... I liked into it a lot. It, it, this was one of those that the more I listened to it, I liked a different song more and more. Yeah. Because like the first time when I first heard Chaos, I'm like, wow, okay, I I, I love this. Chaos was probably my favorite the first time, and maybe because it was the first track, I kind of jumped right into it and I felt it the most. But then after a couple of listens, I liked into it more. Um. Yeah, I, I actually like all the solo tracks on here. All of them. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it, it kind of changed for me as well. Uh, I, I had this on replay for practically a week straight. Yeah, it was it was like that for sure. Uh, it's It was really entertaining, fun to listen to. Um, and I think, I think the one was kind of the one that stood out to me more than anything towards the last couple listens. Yeah. Uh, but again, all these tracks are so good. They are all really, really good. Loyal to a Fall, Bryson Tiller pops up. That was great. With a rap verse. Yeah. People sleep on him as a rapper. I mean, he's not a rapper, but if he wants to go, he can go. You know? Yeah. Lyric-wise. Yeah. And and to me, I don't think this is a hot take. I mean, I, I think this is Lil Durk's best feature in this year. I don't think it's a hot take either. And he's been all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. He is, it's a lot of competition, you know, to say that, but I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, there's probably I mean, a couple I'm, of him and Lil Baby stuff that I, I'm missing, but just off the top of my head, just here, like trying to remember a lot of the features, I can't remember any better than this one. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Uh, where are we going next? Let's go to Don Tolliver next. Yes. It's been a little minute since that dropped. It has. But, you know, I'm, I'm wondering... This is a tough thing about music, man. He has these 
versus these, you know, TikTok 15 second clip, um, like classic 15 second clips at this point that, um, I would think that more people were going to be like really tuned into his music and for some reason, and you know, this could be me being, you know, not being, a born in the 2000s to say this but I, it's really showing me how messed up the TikTok is making music right now because I really thought I haven't heard more people in like the TikTok things or like the little reels than Don's yeah. music than like his little verses he has whether it's on Travis's um, on his own what was the other one he had that was really really big um I don't remember. He had the another song he had another feature remember. that was crazy. That people went Oh, the Mystery Lady feature on Masego, that was hard. Lemonade was hard. Um Man, what's the one he had on Travis's album? Matt, uh, you can't say I'm mad enough, is that it? I honestly can't remember, to be honest. Uh he was featured individually on a song with Travis? Yeah, um, hold up. On, not on, <laughs> on Astral World. World. No shot. What song? Can't say. Hold on. Can't oh, say. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't like written on as a feature, I don't think. Yeah, but that's him on Can't Say, isn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's Hearing you hum it, I literally remember his voice on it. <laughs> yeah, Can't Say, Can't Say. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That, that went crazy. I mean, I mean, people were. I, I heard. I hear that a lot. So I, when I this album came out, I'm like, oh man, people are gonna go crazy over this. Like they had to have been waiting. Lemonade was big. Um, after party, of course. So when this drops, to my surprise, it's kind of under the radar. Yeah. No. Nobody knew this was coming. That weekend, nothing else really dropped. Right. No one knew it was coming. No one said anything. No one said anything about the Travis Scott uh, featured tracks. I haven't really heard anyone even critique it. But yeah, it's been quiet ever since the drop. It just came, went. Nobody really said anything. <laughs> yeah. So, but we did check it out, and I gotta say, man, it, it's it's a it's a good project. It is a good project. I for me. I thought it was a little long for him, for someone like him, I guess. But um, he, I think he showed a lot of versatility. I think he showed uh, artistry on here. I could see that he's kind of coming into his own. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I guess I don't have too much else to say about it. But yeah, I mean the production on here was incredible. It was. It was really, really, really good. Honestly, I. Like Heaven or Hell, I think was his last out project. Yeah, and that one was kind of a balance between him and the production for things I liked. Yeah, but in this one, it was kind of odd how much the production stood out. It did, and some of these it carried carried the song, the production. Yes, and to yeah. me, unfortunately, I think a majority of this album was carried by the production. 
It's not that, I'm not and, mad at that. And it's not that he's like a letdown on the album because again, the production's so good. He wasn't like bad. He just didn't impress me. And, and the thing is, his voice doesn't have enough range. Yes. For me, and that's kind of why I said it was long. It's just after a while, I was like, all right, man. Like, it's, it almost sounds like he takes this the vocal track and puts it on another beat sometimes. Yes. You know, like I heard the same vocals every song. I just felt like going back to this album a couple times, and, and I had a lot of fun with it, honestly. Like, it, it's only when I really started deep diving it when I started seeing things I didn't like. Right. Uh, I, I would highly recommend this for a, a, a at least one listen. Me too, for uh, sure. I think it's very creative. The genre is kind of a blend of stuff. Yep. It's just to me, <clears throat> Don Tolliver, a lot of the time on like the verses and, and not hook parts, it yeah. seems like there's a, like we're, st- I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to sound like on this verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and to me, there was a lot of misses as far as verses went. I I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. I thought again, like you said, it's a, a tiny bit long, and the only reason it feels long is because towards the end you get him rapping or him, you know, kind of blending that whatever sound he has. And honestly, I didn't really like it. I'm with you. Yeah. So, but again, that to me is subjective, and. Mm-hmm. I think production-wise, this album is worth a listen. I think the the few features that are on here, the chemistry is great. Yeah, and I, I think mean, his Cali, hooks. Man. I think his hooks for the most part are great. I, his hooks are really good, and it, you know, I, this may be hating, but there's been times where I felt this way about Travis, it, like kind of what we're saying. But he's never Travis has never done this on a full album like to this. a lesser extent. Yeah. Yeah, there's been times where like, okay, like, are you rapping? Are you singing on the verse? Like, what are we supposed to be doing? But the hooks, all the hooks sound great. His voice sounds cool. But are we constructing a song? Well, mm, not so much. But it it is fun. It's fun to listen to. You know what it is? I think think on Heaven Heaven or Hell, it was kind of both the production was experimental and Don Tolliver's like vocals were experimental. Yeah. And that to me is kind of a like it's still a hit or miss, but I get it when you're kind of trying stuff. Yeah, and for 12 songs and all the songs are less are like sub 330 pretty right. much. Right. Yeah, it's cool. And this you one that. This one's a little bit longer and the the thing here is the production isn't really exploring. No, it's not. The production is locked in. I I think there's some beats on here that I was shocked at how great they sounded. Yeah. Uh, I think off the top of my head, Outer Space was crazy. Yep. But he does nothing with it. No, and then him and Baby Keem, I mean, it it didn't have... I didn't like their chemistry that much. Exactly. Like, I thought Baby Keem sounded good, but he came on there for two seconds. Yeah. Um, And again, like... You just, I, I felt the intro of the beat come in, and I'm like, yo, I need a rapper to kill this. Yeah. Or I need a top tier vocalist to kill this in some way, and that just didn't happen. Yeah. He he may be in one of those, um, he may be in that seasoning category 
at I this could, point. I could see that, yeah. He, he's a guy, though, like, we're definitely going to keep an eye on him. Yeah, for sure. Because he's, he's a must-hear feature. Again, I like how he's creative with his sound. Yep. He's someone at any given moment, like, maybe next album, he could come out and could mess around and be a masterpiece. Yeah, he could but. figure out a formula and, like, really put out something crazy. Yep. Yep. Shout out to Don Tolliver, man. Yeah. You know, last point real quick. Uh, this kind uh-huh. of reminded me, we mentioned how he, like, his voice is kind of, it doesn't have range, but it's versatile at the same time. Yeah. It, it made me appreciate what uh, Post Malone could do on his albums. Mm-hmm. Because Post Malone finds, like, a, a really great blend of him tapping into multiple genres him kind of sounding differently while not really switching up too much. Yeah. And I just think he, like, Post Malone had that balance from the intro, the first album. Mm-hmm. Don yep. Tolliver, he explores a little bit more, so for him, I think it's going to be a little more hit or miss whether he could find that formula or not. Yeah, and I, I agree. And, and to your point, too, about the production... And I felt this way kind of about um, about Post and about Bryson at one point where uh, when Bryson came out with that second album, it felt like a lot of the songs kind of had a similar sound to them. That was kind of the knock on that when it came yeah. out. And looking back on that album, it wasn't as bad as I think I killed it at the time. But he he got so different with the beats to where there was some he had to just talk or rap on, and then there's some he had to sing on. And, you know, Post does that really well, and that's something I don't think Don necessarily did, because a lot of these beats were like trap beats, like you said, where a rapper would be rapping, and Don is just doing Don, and he never found that, okay, well, I can sing on this, I can rap on this, I can talk on this, whatever, you know? Yeah, it's often, I don't know what it is, it just felt like a lot of times he got stuck almost in between a verse and a hook. And (laughs) he was having fun with it, so he's like, yo, I'm just going to rock with this for, you know, however long. Right. And and it was, again, it was kind of messy, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Solid album, Don. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. Let's go to Magic Jordan. Yes, this was a definite surprise. It was, and we, and we talked on. Was that on here? We talked about Drake, kind of Drake and his. Um, <laughs> we definitely talked about band? it off air. I don't know if oh, we talked about air? it. Yeah, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. I'll talk about it on here. I don't care. Drake, Drake's executive producing bag is by far his biggest weakness. No question. And. Comparing to his peers, right? We're comparing to Kanye, Jay-Z, Wayne, those guys. All those guys have been able to find this amazing talent under them and nurture it and be involved and come out with these projects or these these names we never heard of and they come out and they're... um, they take over so instantly. And a lot of times it is just by a little, you know, yeah, man, jump on this track or I'll jump on this track. Or, you know, we saw it even with like 
Jay-Z and J. Cole kind of have a couple collaborations and all of a sudden here's J. Cole. Uh, and not that he discovered J. Cole. J. Cole was good before that, but you know what I'm saying. But Drake has found this talent. He, uh, Roy Woods, he had Magic Jordan, obviously. Sam Fa, um, who am I missing? I mean, he had The uh, Weeknd at one point. Yeah, The Weeknd, and he couldn't keep Weeknd on OVO. That was a weird situation, but the weekend. Um, yeah, weekends. Weekends. Um, popularity skyrocketed when he left OVO. By the way, he did. Yeah, immediately yes. too. By the way, that's. I don't know what that says, but it definitely says something. Yeah. So it's kind of curious that when we first heard Magic. With Drake, he we had the hold on, we're going home, and that was nice. Magic sounded great on that. Oh, Division, that's what I was missing. And Party Next Door, those two. Right. Division and Party Next Door. I already dogged Division on here once. Party Next Door is cool, but eh, he has his moments, he has his failures. So we heard Magic, we heard hold on, we're going home, we heard uh, Summer's Over. On views, I think there was one more he had on. They had on views, maybe, and kind of this mysterious kind of voice. They got this weird sound. The background singing a "Hold On, We're Going Home," and then I think the beat was supposed to be them too. So they came out with their little EPs here and there. They did nothing. Their album did nothing. Never heard it. Uh, well, I, I heard it, but never heard anyone talk about it. Drake wasn't on it, so it really wasn't much to run to. Um, that was the space between, by the way. Drake had that one on the Magic Jordan project. It yeah, was weak. I, I loved Space Between, by the way. I liked it too, but it didn't get any. It didn't get a lot of recognition. No, it was just it came and went. And and just to sum up what you're saying, because you know I'm completely with you. Yeah. The problem, the reason you brought up those other names is they found that talent, and they at some point pushed it relentlessly. Exactly. You feel the camaraderie, the chemistry. You obviously feel it in the tracks. You feel it just in reality, just in how a lot of these people moved as a unit. I mean, yeah. good music at one point was like a. a a squad that was putting out great music together. Yep. Um, everybody had a Kanye verse and Kanye had everybody on his songs. Exactly. And even yep. with like, we've had issues with certain ways Kanye has promoted albums. Mm-hmm. And this is the difference. Kanye does not let his artists just like appear and disappear. For, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Drake I, I don't feel any presence from him, any presence from the label that's supposed to push these artists. Mm-hmm. And the album is just come and go. The artists just come and go. And, and and one thing about that is Kanye knew how to promote. And let me take that back. I don't know if it's Kanye by himself doing this. It's not. But the good music guys were promoted in their own personalized ways. You know? Yes. Like Big Sean 
we had the Detroit thing. He was this kind of nerdy, kind of nerdy dude, but he was cool. Just a cool guy. Very cool, cool, cool for him. Then, you know, um, Cuddy had his own vibe. He was the super nerd, the skateboarder. Uh, skateboarders listened to him. I'm not even sure if he skateboards, but he had that kind of vibe to him where he, he was more diverse. You know, a lot of the white kids would like Cuddy. Like, it was like a different, completely different thing from Sean, from Pusha T, from everybody else. They all had completely different vibes, and they were promoted that way. Tiana Taylor but, was another one. Tiana, yeah, of course. But Drake, it's almost like Drake, who at times had this mystique where you wouldn't see Drake. He, he still doesn't do interviews. He doesn't do the freestyles. You rarely ever see Drake unless he shows himself to you. That doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> Party Next Door, I've never heard Party Next Door speak. I never. I've yeah. never seen an interview. I'm with you. Again, <laughs> it's like the artists are not getting pushed to succeed for whatever reason. Yeah, and and my point is maybe Drake thinks, oh, well, I'm mysterious. Let's all just be mysterious and just figure it out. People liked me and I'm mysterious. That doesn't mean it's going to work for Roy Woods or for Magic Jordan or for any other people. Drake didn't become a megastar by, like, his music wasn't mysterious. No, it wasn't. (laughs) That's my thing is, you know, if if you want to keep everybody off interviews... Kind of out of the spotlight. That's 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 a strategy in itself. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I don't feel that as a strategy. All I feel from my outside perspective is ignorance towards these artists. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I've never seen see like that a label literally just drops these albums. I, no singles get hyped up. They, singles pop. They appear and disappear. The albums appear and disappear. Like. There's no promotion. Yeah, the only promotion is on OVO Sound Radio. And it's like one song a week. Like, who? But you're promoting. But that in that case, you're promoting for the people who are already fans. Exactly. You're not doing anything to reach a wider audience. You're not doing anything to reach people to potentially, like, put this artist on the map. Right. I mean, Don Tolliver gets to create his own music his own personality he gets to become his own artist out of travis's shadow yeah it happened yep. it happened with eminem and slaughterhouse it happened with um 50 cent and g unit guys and it didn't yep. i'm not saying it like has to last or they have to be as successful as drake but damn right. i had no magic jordan is one of the artists i like from this label and I had no idea this was coming. Yeah. The last one, Space Between, I had no idea it was coming. And I think I caught that one like a month late. Right. And it, it, <laughs> like, it's I starting to look know. like it's by design. Right. Like, how, it, how, it is, is. how am I not seeing anything about it? I listen to Pandora all the time. I just surf, like, music, Apple Music all the time. I don't see any of these guys. No, I don't see any of them, man. Any of them. Roy Woods, I haven't heard from Roy Woods. And he just released a single. And I didn't even know it existed. 
I've never been aware ahead of time that a Party Next Door album was dropping. <laughs> and if I did, it was like, it's supposed to come out this year. Yeah, or it, it was either way too early or way too late. Right. It was like, yeah, next year, Party Next Door dropping next March. And then like, <laughs> it would drop, or then I'd hear, oh, tomorrow, or tonight, midnight, Party Next Door. Like, oh, wow, yeah. okay. It- <clears throat> yeah. And I'll give I'll give um, the label a slight pass because I do think a lot of these guys their genre is very um, like a very specific kind of R and B to like where I don't think it reaches like the good music artists had a, a easier audience to reach I think yeah uh, where this music is a little more nuanced it's a little more specific for certain people. Yeah. But again, it's the fact that I I know nothing about these guys, their music, what like what the plan is, can when nothing. can we get a single? Like nothing. you're you're the only way I can know anything about it is if I'm, if I'm an OVO super fan. Right. You're not pushing the fucking artists. Why would I be a super fan? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's frustrating, man, because all these guys we named, I think I don't even think we'll ever really know how good they could have been. I agree. And the division, I think division probably gets the most promotion out of all these guys. And it's because of like the other people on their songs. Like Ty Dolla Sign promotes division more than Drake does. And that's because he does a lot of music with them. Yeah. Or um, they had someone else on their last project that was pushing it hard. I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Division's coming out. Haven't heard anything from Drake, but you know, yeah, and and like a lot of those other examples we named. At some point, we got a label project or tracks or, or something to promote the the team. I haven't heard Drake and another OVO artist on the same track and on one of Drake's tracks in a long time. Exactly. Probably. Maybe since uh, Hold On, we're going on. <laughs> it's uh, been a long time. Yeah, and, man. You know, he, so, he drops, he hops on their tracks here and there and, and delivers a whack featured verse. Like, he puts no effort into it. So it's like, you know. But you know what else is weird about this is a lot of times when the labels are doing shady shit, the, we get some idea of that from the artists who are getting like put in those positions right we haven't heard anything from these guys no so either I they're love... all reclusive and like this kind of you know kept being kept in the dark there's but again no i just they, i can't believe the that there's no shot i'm signing onto a label and the label is not promoting my shit there's no way i know yeah i'm giving up some of my income for you guys to help me succeed and so far in this OVO transaction with these artists, I only see the artists committing to OVO. I don't see it the other way around. Right. And then, not to mention, the people that Drake really dropped the ball on, which was The weekend, Bryson. Yes. I think Bryson, the first time I heard Bryson, I remember for a long time people were like, oh, he's not from Toronto? He's not in Drake's crew? No. 
I remember, Dude, I remember saying Drake said that about me. Tory Lanez too. Tory Lanez dropped the ball. That first album. Tory Lanez, how does he not sign him immediately? I don't know. <laughs> oh, he, I guess he was probably too outspoken. He couldn't hide him in the background like these guys. But anyway, here we are, 2021. Wildest dreams. Magic Jordan drops. Drake features. Sway Lee feature was just completely random. Diddy feature completely random. But I love it. I love this project, man. I know it was a lot of I, fun. I absolutely love it, man. <laughs> it it's like it's you know I won't say it's flawless, but it's like the tier right below flawless. Like there's no bad songs on here to me. But it's not like all fire, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. They find a way to have these like this '80s dance kind of sound to some of these tracks. Obviously, imagine the the falsetto. I mean, that's what he's known for. He kills it on these. He has a lot of these songs. Definitely these dinner dancing songs. Very intimate. Very romantic on some of these songs. Yes, it, it, it's it's just smooth, man. Yeah, and and you know, like we talked about with the, some of the previous albums, the the balance between production and artist performance, like it's oh, yeah. hard to find. Yeah, uh, it, and it's hard to do that really well. I think this album nails what that looks like. It does, and and it that's one thing that they benefit from because. One of these guys is a singer. One guy is a producer, right? Yeah. So they they get that in house thing, kind of like what we talked about, Big Sean and Hip Boy. Mm-hmm. They get that we're here, we're we're writing the whole song together. That's what we're doing in the studio. And this is for me. This is the first time that was like a plus chemistry wise for them throughout this throughout a full project for the full project yeah yeah they've yeah. shown little bits and pieces of it with like space between especially mm-hmm. but this album was just start to finish perfect it was man it was i mean i loved i loved how it kept it kept like pushing away from r&b but still holding on to it Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah. Uh, it got into like you said the dance kind of sound a lot a lot of the time and and they do that a lot but it just sounded it hit so much better on here. It did. It did. They uh, had, they got those old school synths on there. Yes. They you know the nice drum pack sounded great, man. This is one of the only times normally man I don't like long songs. Mm-hmm. But I thought the individual song length was for the most part, perfect. Yeah, it, 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 it did such a good job of letting the, the production shine, letting the artists shine. Uh, again, the features were great, all surprises, but they were great. Yep. Uh, yeah, man, We as you can see, we both love this album, and this is definitely a must-listen. It is, for sure. For sure. My only... One and only criticism with them all the time, but this album probably did it the best. Some of their songs, the hooks are a little repetitive. Yes, 100%. they kind of beat you to death with the with the hook. Uh, but 
I'm not mad at it, man, because it, it still sounded great, and I kind of got over it. But the first time I listened to it, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I heard you say "sway" forty times in this record. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was a fun. Yeah. It's something about the production here that I think it kind of overwhelms the 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 repetitiveness from being too excessive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think if this was like 15 to, to 20 tracks, I think that would have been a much bigger issue. I agree. And if the songs were longer than just two or three minutes also. Yeah. If they had a five-minute song doing that, yeah, no way. It would have been a disaster. They had a couple of those on um, Space Between. Mm-hmm. Even though I liked them, they did it a few times. Yeah. And uh, what was that even? They had an EP that was fire back in the yeah, day. Yeah, was it closer or no? Oh, let me see. I remember they had a song maybe called Closer. I think they a place like this. A place that like was it. this. The what first was the hit one on her there? Forever All I Do, Her, You and a Place Like her, This. Her was the hit. That was the first hit they had. Yeah, her was crazy. I remember hearing that like somewhere random. It's just thinking like, "Who is this? Holy crap!" <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Shout out to Magic Jordan, uh, Wildest Dreams, great yeah, project. Another album that came and went under the radar. OVO needs to get uh, its shit together. Yeah, man, and they, you know, I don't know why he had "I Love McConan on OVO for one year, and he put out three projects. In one year. Yeah. And <laughs> nobody cared about him. Yeah. The people we want to hear didn't put out anything. So, yeah, know how it goes. It's just been, it's been a long time. And I don't feel any kind of, like, plan for the artists, which, which is frustrating. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's go to... What do we got? Three left, right? Yeah, let's do Mick Jenkins. Let's do Mick Jenkins. Uh, all right, man. I, I want to hear your thoughts because I wouldn't have listened to this if you didn't suggest it for me. Um, he's a weird artist to me. Like, he's very he's weird. I don't know, man. What did you think about this before I get into my thoughts? <laughs> if you're going to kill it, you go ahead and go first. No, 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 no. It, it's, it's not bad. Not at all. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Um,. Mick Jenkins is like on a level of wokeness I don't think I'm quite capable of reaching. I don't know if my brain doesn't work at that at the caliber that it takes to understand all of his lyrics. <laughs> my point is he he definitely metaphors you to death. Like, every song is a complete metaphor. He'll say, I left the chicken wings on the microwave. And, like, that is supposed to mean something to you. Everything he says on here is supposed to mean something. So, I know this as a Mick Jenkins fan going into albums. But if someone did not know this, I could see you taking this album and completely throwing it in the trash. Like, I feel like my parents, like older people. Yeah. He'd be like, yo, what is he talking he's about? He's a hard art artist to recommend. He is. He um, absolutely is. He's but like, I know 
I know you don't mind that, so yeah, I yeah, sure. tell you. But most people, I would not. Yeah, he's a Go guy. Ahead. He's a guy who like like if you know the person you're talking to is willing to explore music that they're not familiar with. Yeah, I, I would suggest it, especially like a, somebody who's a hip hop fan. Yeah, uh, I would definitely suggest him. I've heard one other project from him completely. I, obviously, I heard like random tracks here and there. Yeah, uh, what, what the, was the album circus, I heard? the last one, P- piece of man, something like that. Oh, pieces of a man. Pieces yeah. of a man. I heard that. Okay. I don't remember it too well. I definitely didn't like deep dive it. I think we did review it at some point, or yeah, maybe mention shortly. It. I think. Yeah. But yeah. this album, first of all, the length perfect. It is perfect length. Um, yeah. he metaphors you to death, but it's it's like in a fun way. It is. And what I loved about this album that I didn't really, like, Pieces of Man was very serious, very kind of, um, I, I would say a little more intense than this. Yeah, it was hardcore, yeah. This album, like, he's metaphoring you to death, but it's almost like he's delivering it like he's trolling you a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, look, man... You're gonna get it or you're not, but right. I'm still gonna say it. Right, and I thought I thought it made this. I'm, I thought it made him sound a lot better. I agree. Uh, so I agree. again, because the length was perfect, I had a lot of fun with this album. It, it, this album really sounded like he has embraced where he is as yes. a hip hop artist, as a tier, as talent, and he's just saying, "Look, man, you know, I know at by this point." It's his fans that are listening to these albums, you know? Yeah. He's on, like, his fifth album. He's not really trying to appeal to someone new as much. And he's just he's just having a good time making music. He's not trying to kill, show that he's better than anybody. And he kind of states that constantly on this album. Yeah, so, man. I, again, I, I can feel the fun in, like, the writing of the things he's, say- he's saying. He's a heck of a lyricist, man. Yeah, he really is. is. I just the comfort on here was crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, there's some of the songs come in, and I'm like, you know, he's probably gonna sound whack on this. Like, I don't, I'm not really <laughs> excited to hear this. And he's like, he yeah. makes me chuckle. Like, he'll entertain me. He'll be smooth on the song, regardless. Yeah. Uh, so again, it it was hard to not like this album, man. I, I mean, I really have to like deep dive to find flaws and i really didn't find any yeah it i i loved it man i i like all his projects you kind of have to almost with his projects you can't use the same scorecard as far as how you like all of them yeah because you're not going to like them all for the same reasons and that's just the kind of artist he is he comes with something different like a different bag every project but this one, man, I, I loved how much fun he had. The lyrics, I loved them. I loved the metaphors, even though I don't understand half of them. You know, by the third or fourth listen, you, you get them more. But after yeah, the yeah. first listen, you're kind of all over the place. But, you know, I know him, so I get him more often. Yeah, and having heard him before, I liked in this album, he made an effort to kind of simplify like what he's talking about. Yeah, he did. He did. That's that's why I kind of say it was almost like he was trolling because he, he, you could tell he knows how deep he's getting, and then yeah. all of a sudden he'll bring it back with like a, a basic like weed line or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, right. and he like for like he called shouts out weed a lot on this album, which you kind of don't expect, but mm-hmm. again, it, it made it sound better because he kind of relaxed. Yeah, and and took his foot off the the pedal as far as just being very introspective and metaphor heavy, which again it showed a level of versatility that's that's hard to get from him. Yeah, because in the past, I think one knock on him at least from me personally, was that he could lyrically make probably the best song you've ever heard as far as what he says. Mm-hmm. But the song, we'll as be a, being a replay value, is yeah. trash. Yeah. And this one, with Contacts, Scotty Pippen, those two were the singles. And those have great metaphors, great lyrics, but they're also cool songs. The beats are cool. You know he the stuff he says in there, the hooks come back to something just being smooth and cool too, you know. And like you said, very understandable, more relatable to more people. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, um, I... Chicago's finest. <clears throat> I think he's from Chicago. Chicago's finest, Mick Jenkins, man. I I want to hear him rap with another really good rapper. Yeah. Like I I would like to hear. I mean, obviously. Like the chances of him and Jay Z working together is really slim, but I would like to hear Jay Z trying to get into Mix Bag on a Mick record, you know, or even Kendrick. Him and Kendrick would sound great together. Yeah, I think Kendrick is a is a guy who would fit with him a little more naturally. Yeah, uh, honestly, a lot of the the top dog guys I think would fit with him a, a lot more naturally. They would, yeah. Uh, but again, like I thought, Stiff Arm was great. I thought Speed Racer was great. Speed Racer is my favorite. Track. Uh, yeah, those are kind of my standouts. But again, it, it's been a while, man. And normally, I have like a reference for an album that I enjoyed for similar reasons. Yeah, I I don't really remember a time having this much fun with specifically lyrics. Yeah, it's tough. It, and I will say this about Mick. He's easier, like, if you take this album and you liked it, going backwards is easier for him. Like Interesting. Like, before this album, Pieces of a Man, what's the other one, the heart, the one with the heart on it? What is it called again? Um, he, he has a pretty, does he have a large catalog? I'm, I'm not really too familiar. Yeah, pretty, pretty, I think this is his fifth album. Oh, okay. The Healing Component, that one had a lot of um a lot of interludes but the songs on there were really really good i don't know why he put so many interludes on there because it really disrupted the album but the when it comes to the songs after you've heard him dumb it down going backwards you catch more of it and like you now you understand kind of where he's coming from and the songs sound better I think the healing component is probably his his best album. Yeah, but, I'm, uh, I'm happy that there wasn't an interlude on this because I think it would have dragged it out more than it needed to be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and we we listened to um, the circus. I think we I think we um, reviewed that too, mm-hmm. and that was tough. That was a, that was a good little mini project. I didn't know he was considering it an album. Thought it was just an EP, but it was solid too. But yeah, shout out to Mick, man. I've always been a fan, still a fan, since uh, his first mixtape was The Waters. 
And that was tough too. Really tough. They had some great songs on there. But Okay, who's next? Uh we got two left. Let's let's talk about Young Thug first. Okay, Young Thug, man. Punk. Oof. Punk. Now I'm not You intro this one. You intro this one. So I've been significantly more of a of a young thug fan in our podcast history, I think, than you. Yes. Um I've enjoyed every project that he's dropped during our runtime, I'm I'm pretty sure I've enjoyed. Okay. He has this weird he has this weird a- appeal that he's never in a consistent genre. Mm-hmm. That I used to hate about him, like his first, you know, four, five, six mixtapes. Yeah. But something about his albums has gotten gradually more, um, like more. I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. I guess more include more approachable. Hmm. Okay. He he's become an easier artist, I think, to like get into than before. Okay. Yeah. I yeah I agree. Um. And to me, with with every subsequent album, the last like four or five years, he somehow gets better at like staying in between ev- practically every genre. Yes. And, and that, to me, is the standout in this one because the songs are put together really well, probably for the first time, to be honest. Yeah. Where his a, a longer album, too, of his, from top to bottom, I think the songs are put together really well. Uh, you're not really getting, like, the experimental tracks where he just sounds annoying the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There, there was an element almost to like slow down his delivery a lot of the time. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, I, I thought this was a great album. Another album that came and went. I don't really see too many people talking about it or still listening to it. Why do you think that is? Not I... just with him, but with all the music we've been talking about. I don't know, man. Something about uh, like Drake and and Kanye kind of burned out like music listeners. I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because there was so it was took so long, so much hype, and they kind of came out around the same time. All the talk was about those guys, and and people had very strong reactions to those albums. Yeah, but they I don't think people have as much connection with a lot of these newer projects. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, again, this album, I think, was really well made. And his production has only gotten better around his lyrics, around his delivery. I -hmm. mean, his feature game has been top tier for years. Yeah, it has. Uh, And there's more of that on here. I mean, the the versatility of the features is awesome. Uh, the, The guys, you know, he surprises you with some of the guys he decides to work with, which is always great. Yeah, and and another part about it I like is that his surprise collaborations often sound good. Mm-hmm. You know, 
he makes he makes Gunna sound better. He make he's obviously a great fit with guys like Post Malone. Uh, yeah. I mean Doja Cat and him teamed up really well. Yeah. So again, man, I you tell me what you thought because I I love pretty much everything about this album. This album was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. It really was. It was this album was really an experience to listen to for me. I'm gonna be honest, and. I'll say I haven't hated any of his projects. But I have. Uh, I definitely have. His solo ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he had a couple of series early on in his career that, um, what was it? Slime? Slime, I think, was a series he had. His slime language, super slimy, slime season. Slime season. I, I hated <laughs> Like all those, I think there's three of them. Yeah, is it only three? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd well, have been shook if there was more. <laughs> were those albums or were those mixtapes? A lot of the slime language was mixtapes, but I remember the third one kind of came out like ahead of its time, kind of like now where everything comes out as an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still a mixtape, but it did came out like. You know, in a mainstream way. Okay. See, so for me, I'm only talking about when when he decided to really just be putting out albums. Mm-hmm. I guess I want to say that might have been Barter Six. Was that his like supposed debut album? Yeah, his catalog is gigantic, so I can't tell you for sure, but I think so. Okay. Well, since then, I haven't hated anything. Um. But I always felt like he was trying to go above and beyond to be different. And then it would lack in the substance to me. Sometimes. I shouldn't say always, just sometimes. That's fair. I thought Jeffrey was a masterpiece when it came out, to be honest. I thought it was really, really, really good. But at the same time, I was like, okay, like that's just young Doug. I don't think he can. I thought that was his peak. But this man, I mean, he's just showing me so much of his bag. And I just, at this point, I'm not sure if there's anything he can't do and, and sound good, man. Yeah, and Seriously. you know what's crazy is a lot early on in his career, it's it didn't feel like him showing the bag. It felt like him just trying shit. Yes. This, yes, this album, and, and he kind of... Like gave us a little taste with some of the other albums, but this album, top to bottom, felt like like he was in his bag, like you said. Yep, he he felt. I mean, he sounded so controlled on here, that, and that was one thing I've always hated about him. His sometimes he gets on a track and just sounds like he's completely out of control. Like people were in the studio telling him to calm down. Like, yo, man, you don't have to scream on Screech on this album. Yeah. Or, yo, that's not what we're trying to do here. This one, it sounded like the focus. It was a lot of focus on this album. Yeah. And, and, and that's, then, that's why I mentioned the lyrics being, like, slower for the most part. They were. Because that's something yeah. I'm not really used to hearing from him for a whole project. Right. Yeah. Um, Him with the features were great, man. He put guys on the same song like I Post Malone, ASAP Rocky, and Young Thug. 
just sounds like a crazy trio to me, and it sounds great. Great. J. Cole and T. Shine, crazy. I'm gonna be honest. Great. I'm gonna be honest. J. Cole is probably the weakest part of the album. It is. J. Cole, man. I'll, I'm gonna come back to J. Cole later. <laughs> when we're done with the albums, I have to come back to J. Cole. But uh, and we talk about the window. Yeah, dude, peeping out the window is probably my favorite track. And just yeah. to make the point, because I feel like we've slept on this for a really long time. Him and Future are like when we talk about top tier duos. Yeah, they belong. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And Future has a lot yeah. of like he could be a duo with a lot of guys, and really kind of isn't. Yeah, but him and Young Thug. Like, something about the two of them, they kind of bring out the coolest, like, weirdest shit out of each other. Super slimy. That was them together, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they sound really good together. They really do. They really match each other's, like, um, <laughs> match each other's vibe, for sure. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a personality match that translates to the music somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's that's crazy because they're put so it. different music-wise, but it just works. Yep. Um, yeah, man. I don't have any negatives for this. Uh, I wish this was the first time I heard Young Thug. Like, I, I, That's kind of how I feel about it. I, this yeah. was like an experience like, man, out of all his projects, this is the one I would tell someone who doesn't know him to hear. Yeah, dude. So I, like, I've lost my... Uh... <laughs> A couple of my close friends, like, I've recommended a number of his projects over the years to, like, yeah. potentially get into them. Mm-hmm. And every time, it's like, dude, you're, like, you're tripping. Like, this was an awful recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I never yeah. said shit and waited for this to drop. And now, now I could have pushed, like, yo, this guy's awesome. Yeah. But I, I, really, real. do, I really do think, like, he, he just, the way he explores his own sound is unmatched man i don't think anybody's doing it like him i i would agree with that yeah 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 him and drake haven't i they haven't missed for me yeah together. it's all like subtle shit too it is yeah it's not like they're yeah. not putting out like a god's plan uh but nope. they're giving you a, a low-key heater that you yeah. can't sleep on yeah what was the one uh Ice melts. Ice melts was hard. Ice it, melts. Yeah. <laughs> that was one that the first time I heard it, I thought it was whack, but the more I heard it, the better it got, and the more I ended up ended up being one of my favorite tracks on there. All right. Uh, oh yeah. Um, Wale is the last one. Yeah, Wale. For Lauren too. Yes, indeed. For Lauren too. You know, I knew Wale had something coming. I didn't know it was yeah. a sequel to one of his most forgettable mixtapes. The, the artists have to stop doing that. Like, you can't give us a sequel for something that happened like 10 years ago. Like, I don't want and that. That wasn't good. <laughs> At least Detroit was great. So, yeah. Big Sean, like, if, if you're going to make a sequel, it's got to be to, like, a top three to top five project that you put out. Yeah, or or at least iconic. Yeah, like Ross Ross with Port of Miami 2. 
Yeah. I completely yeah. understand. Yeah. What's the, I think but, he has Rich Forever 2 is the next one, right? Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, not the one that's coming out next. It's something else. It's, uh... Oh, okay. Well, I if, what it was. it's better if he doesn't do another sequel, but again, <laughs> yeah. I, I understand if it's like, if it's one of the albums that like, when I think about your catalog, it comes to mind. Yeah. I got, that's, that's cool. Right. Uh, this wasn't it. Full Lauren? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I was sick when I saw the title of this. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be, this is going to suck. Right. Because Full Lauren and, Full Lauren, I don't think matches with his worst albums. Uh, yeah, I think it is. C- yeah, comparing to his albums, yeah, it's not even close. Attention deficit, ambition. Yeah, you even go to the I middle mean, stuff that's kind of, you know, hit or miss. The, the one gifted with... album about nothing. They're all better than Florence. Yeah, yeah. what's they the are. one with like the moon on the cover or whatever? The mo- more recent one with PYT on there? Shine. Yeah. I thought Shine sucked. And I would listen to Shine <laughs> nonstop Shine's... over Florence. Yeah, it still had some joints on there. Yeah. Yeah. But again, once once I started listening to this, I'm gonna be honest because I've liked Wale for a really long time. Yeah. Um, DC. I, I was locked in. Okay. And what what I love most about this this mixtape mm-hmm. is that it's a mixtape. Yeah. Forget the forget the how it's released because you know we know how that goes. We've talked about it. The sound yeah. here. It feels like a mixtape, start to finish. Yes. And it just felt like a mixtape with the attention of an album. Mm, okay. Because the, the production was kind of, was very easygoing. Yeah, it was, nothing wowed me production-wise. Yeah, because it was a lot of samples, it was a lot of stuff that you just kind of let ride for the majority of the song. Yeah. So the production yeah. never really had to impress me. But yeah. Wale sounds great. He does. And, man. and Wale, if you've known, if you followed his career, I, I don't know if Wale sounds better than on a sample. Say it again. I don't know if Wale like sounds better than he does when he's on a sample. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you're saying you think that's top tier? Yes. He's on samples. I yeah, mean, his I the Seinfeld stuff he was doing for years. Uh, he got back yeah. to it on album about nothing, which was one of the better projects I think he's had. Yeah. He, he's always sounded like he's always had this rapping style where he could just kind of. It never feels like he writes his shit down. Yeah, man, it's like he's talking to you. Yes, it feels like that. Yeah, and and I love this album just for how simple it was. I agree. Uh, you basically broke it down exactly how I was going to. He, he, it was so natural. He, I mean, is there a better like just straight up poet in hip hop than Wale? He's he's on par with Kendrick, man. Yeah, man. I mean, the way he... <laughs> this was like Dice Pineapple's status, some of these. Some of the songs on here. Yeah. And the thing is, they'll go under the radar because obviously it, it it's not on an album. It's not on a great album like that was. 
where everyone was watching. It was just, I just liked it, man. I liked the release. I liked that he didn't hype it up too much. He talked a little bit of trash, but he didn't hype it to the point where he has some of his other projects that ended up being duds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I thought the features were great. I love the Jamie Foxx record, and he just talks talks on there, spits poetry. And he picked artists that we know is a dub. Oh, like yeah. We know him and Rick, W. Him and Chris Brown, W, easy. Like J. Cole, him, easy. Him and J. Cole, easy. And then the ones, the solo ones on here were smooth. They, like I said, they felt personal. And like you said, it's, it's like he's talking to you, man. It doesn't seem like he writes it down, like he's thinking too hard. It just seems like he f- says what he feels. He says what he wants to say. Yeah, I man. like that, man. It didn't sound like he was trying to get a hit off of this. That's the Thank that's God. I think the big issue with some of his later albums, yeah, is they they feel kind of almost gimmicky to where you're like you're searching for the the catchy sound. Yeah, it it felt Shining natural. Wow, that's crazy for sure for those. Yeah, and I liked Wow, that's crazy, but you could tell the ones he was really trying to get a. Yeah, and I like that album too, but it just again this this album brought me back to like the his early career days yeah when when he was coming up as a mixtape guy when attention deficit was blowing up uh yeah again like the the samples i'm not sure if there's another rapper who like their performance on samples comes to mind outside of maybe Lil Wayne mhm but again while they just sounded so comfortable here so authentic and and that's that's one of the strengths of his entire career, I think, is his lyrics are delivered in a really authentic way. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, it's almost like it's flexed here more than normal. Yeah. I tell you what, man. I, I take Wale's uh, discography over most other discographies. Over Big Sean? Yeah. Yeah, I take it over Big Sean. Yeah, over I, over I think, J. Yeah, you take it over J. Cole. I would too. Yeah, over J. Cole for sure. Him and Big Sean may be close. Uh, Him and Rick. I think I, no, not over Rick. Okay, no. okay. We're not going too far. Let's get to that. Now, Rick is up there with Drake, Wayne, yeah, Kanye yeah. to me. You're right. It, um, but Wale and Sean are probably on the next tier. Actually, no, Wally's over Sean. Because Wally doesn't have any albums as bad as some of the ones Sean has. Like the two that Sean has. Three that Sean has that are really bad to me. <clears throat> I think that's fair. Yeah, I love There's like a point here from uh, the, the J. Cole poke it out to angles, up until angles. Yeah. Where it was like late 2000s Wally. Especially at Tiffany Nikes. Yes. Sound like he had something to prove on that. Like somebody told him like And he had a song, have. dude. He he had a song that was that at the time I thought was annoying. I it was something about Nikes too. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. It, it brought, like, yeah, I remembered yeah, it. Yeah. I just remember not really liking that song. But this kind of made me remember it in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. But I completely agree with you on his discography, man. It's so underrated. I think he could challenge Kendrick, no problem. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And you could take hey. you could take Kendrick's top three versus Wale's top three and... It wouldn't be a blowout. No, it wouldn't. You're right. It's right there. Definitely right there. And, you know, it kind of sucks that the album about nothing doesn't have a lot of hits on it. Yeah. Because it is really good. It just doesn't have a lot of those that are like, you know, that people remember that, that well. Um, yeah, man, I, I think he had that long stretch out of the spotlight that I think has kind of hurt his popularity. Yeah, because what is Summer on Sunset? What is that? I don't know. Is that like a re-release or something? I don't know. <laughs> I I, didn't even, I don't even remember that happening. It, it's like a little cartoon cover. How many tracks on there? 16? No shot. I missed the whole Wale album like two years ago, right? <laughs> Eric Bellinger. What year is this? 2016. Oh, okay, it was a while back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it. Though. You got me thinking I missed the album like right before or right after. Wow, it's crazy. I would have been shook. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. But. All right. Real quick, man. Yeah, what's your I gotta say, J. Cole, man? What's going on? It's not just J. Cole. Drake's in this too. Drake's going to get some too. They are. I understand with how streaming is nowadays with the TikToks, the reels, the 15 second bars. But these our top tier rappers need to stop oversaturating with guest verses. Like J. Cole doesn't have to give everybody a guest verse. Especially not after this album. Drake should not be giving these guys verses. Why does Trippy Red have a Drake verse? Like the other day, I I messaged you and I was like, "When's the last time you heard like a iconic Drake verse?" Yeah, there was a time. Gold roses. Yes, that was two years ago. Yeah, the summer before this past one. Yeah, and that's Rick. He always comes correct with Rick, but then you can't be giving us these whack verses on other artists albums like we're not gonna hear it like it's still you we're still gonna hear all of it not saying he he did that on purpose but i'm saying he he comes a different way with he does like with rick ross than he does with trippy red like it's obvious like obviously he's gonna spend another couple hours on the rick ross verse yeah like no one blames him for that but don't give us so many of the other verses. I mean... Yeah. I, I would have given Cole a little bit of a pass because he seems to come correct regardless of the artist up until, like, the last couple months. Yeah, I was going to say, he used to. Yeah, yeah. Lately, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it hasn't really felt like that. He, I mean, some people got him singing on records, man. What was? What did he do on the Travis record? The one that just came out. 
Oh, like, I, what I was that? Yeah, I don't know. This this Joiner Lucas record. Whack. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Whack is the correct, objectively correct <laughs> opinion <laughs> on that. <laughs> it's whack. Yeah, the London when the London came out, that was cool. That was like a cool thing right before the album. But if J. Cole didn't have an album coming out, I would have called that whack too. But at the time it was cool because the um Dreamville album was coming out, I think like the next week or whatever. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. He really tried but, to I was shocked at how trash his young thug verse was. Yeah. There's no shot. There's no shot he recorded that in the studio with other, like, with Young Thug there. And Young Thug was like, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> There's no way. He, he definitely sent that shit in right around the fucking deadline. This just sounded like trash. And, you know, it's J. Cole. What are you going to just hold him off? It's not Soldier Boy. <laughs> like, you got to get it on there. But who would tell him? Who would tell him that? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Probably nobody. Yeah, I'm about to say, you wouldn't say, yo, man, <laughs> take your behind back in there and <laughs> give me something but it's else. Like, yo, that it, ain't it. yo, you come in annoying and you stay at that level. <laughs> like, where's the yeah. studio feedback on that? Right. So right. Uh, that was bizarre to me. And, and like you said, it's just, it really comes down to like, are you going to come in with the same energy on tracks? Right. You can play around with genres, but don't be like, don't be blatantly annoying, honestly. Yeah, man. He gave, the one he gave um, Anderson Pack, that verse was garbage. The album was garbage, but the, <laughs> I thought J. Cole would be the one shining moment on the album, but, you know, to my surprise, he was trash too. It just, I, I, they can't, like, come on, man. You don't have to do other people's verses. And you don't have to do all these features, especially Drake. Come on, man. Drake used to have... Every time a Drake guest feature came out, it would, like, stop the radio back in the day. When I say back in the day, I mean, like, five years ago. Maybe six. Yeah. Around that time. Around views. Around, um... Man, when did views come out? Fifteen, right? 14? I think so. Yeah, around that time. Come on, man. Stuff he's doing now with these weirdos. Smiley. Oh, that. That. Oh, my God. It offends me as a Drake fan that he hopped on there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. The Bad Bunny verse was weird. I didn't. I don't hate it, but it was weird. He doesn't have to give Metro Boomin and 21 Savage a verse every time they make an album. Nah, um, nah. Uh, I'm, I need that. Nah, I'm cool <laughs> on that one. I'm cool so, on 21. 21's like a guilty pleasure for me, so I definitely need that. The the one on Slime Language 2 was... Eh. I could have I lived without that one, without ever hearing that. I mean, he came pretty like, mediocre on Magic Jordan's album too. That was, that was beyond mediocre. That was trash to me, trash. Cause it, the, 
the problem is that song sounded like a layup for Drake. Yeah, like, oh, Drake's yeah. gonna body this. Then he comes yeah, in. Yeah, it's, it's the whack. it's Zach Levine coming down the break. Like, yo, crowd's high. There's nobody there. We need to see some. And he fucking touches the backboard, <laughs> like on a layup. Yeah. <laughs> like this shit D Wade did the last couple of Miami years. Like, you know, come on, dude. I need a dunk. Yeah, yeah. He could have gave Bryson Tiller another twenty seconds of a verse. But I liked I liked that a lot. That was nice. Yeah, that was a good one. But you know, it's just I think a lot of the top tier rappers are sat oversaturating the music waves with these verses with people that we don't want to hear him with, and that just disappear. Because to me, every time they do that, it drops like their guest verse value more and more. Because like I don't. I, I agree. It's, I completely agree with you, but I think you're 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 being you you sound um not old, but like you sound like you're in a previous kind of generation's thought process. But bro, no one heard the trippy one except for us. No, people <laughs> heard it. People... I mean, it was a big deal because of the stuff with Kanye. But that's really it. I, I know, but no one's gonna go back to it oh, at no. this point. There's some there's some old ones that I go back to just to hear the Drake verse on. A lot of like all the Meek ones they did together. Yeah, for sure. Um I'm on one of You know, course. him and Nikki have ones, Travis, you know. It's just, just a big difference. I, I hope they get back to the point where the I do think it's just because they're already doing it with their own catalogs, so specifically Drake, where yeah. he's just oversaturating the market. He has uh, so many, and I think features so are just another songs. step of that. Yeah, it is. It is. Drake was on um, Meek Mill's championships. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it was. What was the song on there? I couldn't tell you. Should I, if there's anybody who's oh, catalog, I don't bad, remember right. well. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was good. It's a good little, good. like, banger. Um, <clears throat> but there's any, if there's anybody's catalog I don't remember well, it's Meek Mill. Yeah, that's true. I'm with you on that. Having Our Way was pretty... was decent. All right. Uh, Silk Sonic, next week. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, man. Hey. <laughs> Smoking out the window is hard, man. <laughs> That's my favorite out of the three so far. Okay. You hear, you hear it yet? No, not yet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one that just came out um, Friday. But I have mixed I have mixed emotions about it, but I'm definitely gonna listen to it. I'm excited for it still. Um, is there anything else that we know is coming out? We will have Ed Sheeran by next week. Um, what else? Um, I, st- I mean, I still got a couple of things. De- I'm definitely getting Isaiah Rashad before the end of the year. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. promise next episode, but uh-huh. uh huh. That that one I have to hear before I start putting together my end of the year list. Right, right. Yeah, he could sneak on there. Definitely could. It's okay. more so about just seeing like Top Dog kind of keeps keeps promoing these like albums as the first step to something 
or like the first step to like the 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 label kind of getting active and putting out music. Yeah. But they could that continues to be cap. Yeah, and they just lost <laughs> they're about to lose Kendrick. Right. So right. what are we doing now? Like what are we going towards at this point, you know? Yeah. I, I still have there's still a lot of artists on there that I, I'm curious to hear. Mm-hmm. But again, like who was the reason was the guy I thought was a great opening album to lead into like other guys' projects. Yeah. And then we didn't get yeah. anything for what, a year? Or half a year? Right. Yeah. Like Where's so... Sis's album? That's supposed to be coming. Yeah, I haven't heard any announcement. I'm gonna be honest, if that comes within the next two weeks, I'm gonna be kinda mad because if I knew her shit was coming, I wouldn't have listened to Summer Walker. <laughs> like honestly, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That track that track they did together really made Summer Walker look bad because I'm like, yo, Scissor's just hopping on here and like effortlessly doing what you do better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway. I felt the same way. <clears throat> felt the same way. A lot of expectations but, for SZA, for sure. Yeah, me too. Especially after this, because, uh, like, everyone, it's going to be easy to compare it to Summer. She's she's actually been a good, like we mentioned with the features, she's been selective with where she pops up. She has, and she's caught a W every time. Yeah, and she pops up on songs that are, like, clearly meant for her to participate in. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, and this is what I think Drake was really good at, and Cole to a lesser extent, but definitely Drake. They got on songs that, where the artist was dipping into their field. Right. And and that's SZA's strength. Every time you're about to make a SZA record, SZA will come do the record with you. <laughs> so, like, it keeps, it keeps that, like you said, uh, how summer is missing that personalized sound, that signature sound. Mm-hmm. SZA keeps it because she's ever, there every time someone even attempts to make her style of music. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's cool. All right, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back with a new name. The podcast separated. Yeah, be able to play mu- music. Music clips. won't be a weekly thing. No, it won't, uh, because... I think we've had a lot more fun kind of getting into the, you know, four, five, six albums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, For I sure. think we're going to keep doing every couple weeks. Yep. Because, um, need more to talk about for, you know, full podcast length. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have extra episodes, you know, if, if another Donda certified lover boy stretch comes out. Yeah. And it might. Right. You never know. Hopefully it does. But you know how it is. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Um, I guess I said I would come on here and make sure I uh, mentioned the album that you might not have heard. But we talked about Mick Jenkins for a while. So that's the one I'll I'll definitely recommend. Go check that out. Uh, Elephant in the Room. And then go backwards the circus was great last year solid project 
go check Mick Jenkins out. Great lyricist. Yeah. Uh, great rapper. I would say if I had to pick one to recommend from all the stuff we talked about, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna be honest. I would say I'd probably say Big Sean. Big Sean's there, man. I think he kind of reminds you of how great he can be, man. I love that. I agree. I agree for sure. And he's rapping, rapping. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Till next time. See you guys later.